I don't know. And so because I don't know, I'm choosing you. And so, so many people, unless they check every box or almost every box, they're getting their back turned on, you know, and it's just, it's so disheartening to them that then they go home and they sign another year rent. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. What's going on, Lensetter community? Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Lensetter Show. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. And I'm joined today by a very special guest, a friend of mine, somebody I've gotten to know over the last year uh, in the mortgage industry. And, and, and we just connected on a really human level. Um, you know, uh, uh, we're very similar and um, I'm who I am and you either like me or don't. And he's kind of the same way. Uh, Sam Parker of My Credit Guy, who is what I would consider the uh, industry leader in credit restoration and repair. Sam, thank you for joining us on the Lensetter Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to having a, a good, uh, informative hour. I love it. Well, so, you know, I know, I know, Sam, that you've been doing this now for some time and, and obviously you're, you, I'm, I'm sure you help thousands, tens of thousands of families throughout the United States every year uh, for a wide variety of issues on credit. But um, I, I actually want to dive into specifically, obviously, for our audience and most of yours, mortgage, right? Um, it's, it's over the last few years, it's become apparent to me how many deals have been lost by members of ours because they didn't have a credit partner, somebody that they trusted. There was actually one that I remember very vividly where, um, I remember we, we did a consulting call and they said to me, they were like, Preston, I just don't get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of great conversations. I'm taking a lot of applications, but then nobody's funding along. And I said, I said, well, let's look at this. What's going on? And so we started looking at numbers. I started listening to calls and, and I was like, hey, so um, what are you doing for credit repair? Well, I, I just, when they need their credit repaired, I just tell them to go find a, a credit repair person and then come back when their credit's better. I'm like, well, there's your business. You left the door open and the heat went out. That's that's really what happened, right? And and so that kind of put me on a warpath of sorts because I realized this is kind of a, this is bigger than just that one person. There's a lot of people that aren't in control of this part of their business. And so I guess I would just like to start the conversation off by hearing your perspective of, um, well, I mean, obviously, I, and I know you're biased, but why is it so important to have a credit restoration partner? Um, like, what are the things that you feel mortgage professionals should be looking for in that? Yeah, well, a couple different things here. There, there's really two main reasons why you should be partnered with a credit professional, in my opinion, obviously me, right? <laughs> and and that's number one is that these are people that you're dealing with. Like, I understand that it's your profession and it's what you do to put food on the table. And I'll get to that part here because that's number two. But number one, like, I truly believe that when you put that hat on and say, I am a mortgage professional. And some people are out there like, I am your mortgage advisor, which I love, right? Because that that's that's even more of a commitment. But I, I, I truly believe that there's like a fiduciary responsibility. Like someone is coming to you and saying, I don't know. And so because I don't know, I'm choosing you. Please help me. And so, so many people, unless they check every box or almost every box, 
they're getting their back turned on, you know, and it's just, it's so disheartening to them that then they go home and they sign another year rent. And we know what rent is. It's, it's, it's no equity. It's not building for their family. Right. So they're a person, they're a family. I believe that the community has a responsibility to them to walk them down whatever path they need to in order to get what you represent, which is, you know, home ownership or that end all be all mortgage. Right. Beyond that, like, it's just good business. These are all people who are raising their hand and saying, I want to do business with you. They're on your website. They took an application with you. They're talking to you They're in some way or form in your ecosystem. And the only way that you don't do business with them eventually is if you punt them out or if you ignore them. And so many people are doing that. And I look at it, I'm like, what are you doing? It would be like to, to make it even simpler it would be like somebody being like, I plan to be a chicken farmer. I want to be a very, very successful chicken farmer. And they show up to the farm and they're, they just see thousands of eggs. And they're like, this is, no, this is gross. It's like, these are going to be chickens. Like just chill, like, like put a little bit of time and effort into them. And they're going to be chickens. What are you doing? But they're walking around stomping on all of them. It's like, that's crazy. That's crazy. You just needed to be a, a have a process in place to incubate these, and they were going to be chickens. Right. So those are the two reasons. I, I I really think it's 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 the people and it's the people. Yeah, I I love that. It's you know I was at first I'm like, where is he going with this? But the, you know, it's actually a great analogy. I like it. Um, so you know, one of the things that because uh, obviously I see it from my end, which is marketing, right? And obviously, the more the better your offer is, the easier it is to sell. You can have, for instance, just to go straight marketing lingo, you could have the grungiest marketing if the offer is just stupid good, right? You give me a dollar, I'm gonna give you a hundred. It's just is like, well, this is too good to be true, almost good, right? Well, yeah. you don't need a great sales letter for a great offer. Now, it helps. Obviously, the better the sales letter, then anything will convert better. But if the offer is good, everything else is kind of not as important, right? And so I've always been like, dude, you need to strengthen your offer in every opportunity you can get for you know whatever market you're trying to serve. Um, and so I look at this as just like just tightening that up and, and, and strengthening that offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because again, when they're coming to you to be the expert, to tell them what happens next. Now, of course, they're wanting that to be, you can get financed right now, no problem, lowest interest rate, even lower than everybody else, right? Like that's what you want. But if that's not going to happen, let's get the next best thing, which is here's what happens next. In order to get you to that place, here's where we need to go, right? And so if I look at it like, you're answering your front door of a business and you're there to say, who are you? What are your, what are you here for? How can I help? And then you're showing them into different rooms that fit where they are in the process, right? And you're making them feel comfortable and they're not leaving your house. They're not leaving your business. And so that's the exact same thing with credit repair. When someone's turned down, instead of not ever calling them back again, what I think the right thing to do is to and, and you can automate this too. Uh, you know, we, we got plenty of ideas for that. And I know that Preston does too, but in one way or the other, all you have to say is, look, it's not over here. Okay. This is normal. 80, almost 80% of the American public actually has, uh, 
errors on their credit report and, you know, things that would prevent them from getting the best deal possible. So this isn't that you're a bad person. It's just that some things need to happen. Now, what I've done is I've arranged for a free credit review for you. All I need you to do is click this and accept that. Then after that is worked through, we're going to move forward with the pre-approval process, right? So you're just making it normal. You're making it frictionless. You're letting them not feel like a loser and you're giving them that next step in your process. And so it's just, it's just smooth, removes friction and keeps those clients on the path to home ownership. Do you have any stats around, and, and obviously um, I'm not trying to, you know, give away anything that's confidential or anything, but I'm, I'm curious about for the families that you help that come from, you know, lender partners, um, do you know how many of them get to a point where they actually have a fair shot? You know, th this is somebody that you've actually started working with, right? For this kind of audience, what percentage of those do you think actually have a fair shot of, of being able to, to get an offer accepted? Credit-wise. Obviously, m money saved is a different beast, right? But Yeah, so I'm going to try to answer your question, and if I don't, just tell me. Um, I mean, we are looking at every file that we take on and asking both the lender and the client, what is your goal? So we're understanding 640, FHA, these under, you know, these collections or whatever, under 2000 total. So we're understanding like what it takes to get to the finish line. And we are just super honest with clients right up front on whether or not that can be accomplished, right? So if we take a client on, we're certain that as long as they follow our plan, they will qualify for a home loan as it comes to credit, right? Like the part that we can control. Otherwise, we would just give them the longer timeline. We would say, look, you're because of these factors, you're looking at 12 months. But basically the way we operate right now is it's all, yes, you can qualify. Here's the soonest it could possibly be and how to make that as quick as possible. I'm not trying to not answer your question either. Like I don't have a stat ready for you other than to say that like we really don't take people on that don't actually need or benefit from our services. Meaning like if they're too far gone, we would uh, point them in the direction of like a consultation with a bankruptcy attorney or if they didn't need our services at all, uh, we would just give them the advice that they need and tell them exactly what to do without enrolling them. That's interesting. That makes sense. So, I mean, as, as, as long as you guys are deciding to do business with them, that, that you already, you've almost kind of on a handshake agreed, okay, I'd see the target and I think we can hit the target. So from a, from a percentage that actually get to the point of being in that window, you, you're doing, you're only doing business with people you think you got a, 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 a damn good shot with anyways, right? So it's a high percentage, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you got to keep in mind, like, even if we weren't like good people, which I, I truly believe we are, we do everything from like a good place. We want great things for our clients, right? But just with our business model, I mean, we have, we are accountable to our lender partners. So there's zero chance that we would, um, be where we are, I guess you could say, without having performed for our lender partner. So on every single file, we have a borrower who really wants better credit as quickly as possible, typically by doing as little as possible, human nature, right? Definitely paying as little as possible and separating with as little money as possible. And then we have a lender over here that we have to get that loan back to um, a good amount of the time or else 
we're not going to be partners anymore, right? right? So, what are um, you know? I've uh, I've actually had conversations with uh, a few different. And it just in circles of mine, I, I, I'm actually kind of surprised there were some people like in the marketing world, there are some people that, and I think they white, they might white label credit services or something like that. What, what do you feel, uh, what do you feel makes my credit guy, your company unique? Uh, and, and I guess, uh, I also would like to issue a warning for some things to look for in credit re- restoration and repair partners, because let's say our audience has somebody else that they're looking at using, right? Because obviously I think that you're the logical choice. However, it's a free market, right? People can choose whatever they want. So what should they be looking for to make sure they're not falling into a trap of, you know, kind of a fly-by-night company or one that takes money and doesn't really do anything? Yeah, well, unfortunately in our industry, you got to worry about the fly-by-night. You got to worry about the big national companies that are getting sued right now as well. Um, You know, like the law companies, uh, that say that they're that they're law companies, um, and so here's what you gotta watch for: um, making outrageous claims, saying, "Hey, we have the special sauce. We know how to do what somebody else doesn't do." If they say, "Look at this file that we got everything deleted from," look, we have great files, great results all the time. I would never in my marketing brag about that because there's just a legal way to do it. And so that's a big red flag when somebody is trying to entice you by saying like, we get everything deleted. They they can't know that. They haven't looked at your file. They don't know if you're 100% liable for that debt or not. And if that's the proper game plan. And if they go that route of, of kind of trying to whitewash credit, just so many bad things typically happen during the mortgage process itself with things popping back up, questions having to be answered, and then clients kind of being stuck in a spot where they have to explain what they what they did, right? Um, so charging up front is against federal law. You can't charge up front either. Um, we believe that that means a setup fee. We believe that that means a paperwork filing fee. We believe because the FCRIA also says that you should not charge a client until you have performed credit restoration services for them yeah. and it's implied that they're going to be seeing results by then too, right? So we don't charge anything until the 30th day of service. We do free reviews on all files where most credit repair companies just say, hey, do you have negatives? Do you have a credit card? Great, you're a good client, right? Um, The other thing to keep in mind is that there's a lot of companies that they talk a big game on Facebook. They seem to know stuff, maybe even a little bit weird, like too much granular information. They're, they're, they're talking like about gimmicky things, I guess you would say. Um, but a lot of those companies are just fronts. And then they farm their disputes out to these big credit repair kind of uh, processing hubs. Like most credit repair companies do that, to tell you the truth. We have all of our own uh, processors internally. So every single person that touches a file works for my credit guy. I can go talk to them. I can get them on Zoom right now if there's anything with a file that needs to be addressed, right? So just the quality control. The other thing is that each one of our clients are assigned to a dedicated credit coach throughout the entire process. So there's always that one point of contact where most credit repair companies are either being shuffled around or they only have a handful of those coaches and they can't scale or keep up with their lender partners where we have dozens and dozens of great people and we are in the process of hiring dozens and dozens more right now. 
So just a few things to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I, th- I feel like that's pretty straightforward because it's actually been, you know, as I've been kind of on this journey for us and as we evolve our, our processes and our campaigns and automations and all that, we have had a few, a handful or a few handfuls of members that have expressed kind of concern about, you know, it, it's almost, it, it's kind of akin to that whole, you just got out of a, a relationship that didn't go well so you're like i don't want to date anymore and it's like well okay i mean you know i i get that you know but uh but it's i guess there's like that that hesitation that a lot of lenders that i've seen have towards credit restoration and repair and so their answer to that is to just not play at all and uh you know i feel like that obviously is a dangerous precedent not only to your own bank account but to the value you're providing to the to the borrower yeah uh so a lot of people that have had bad experiences with credit repair companies in the past, it's it's two camps, right? The first camp, I'm just like, well, what did you expect? Like, what what did they tell you when you first started, like, doing business? Like, what referral fee were they trying to pay you? Or what were they bringing to you that you're like, oh, my gosh, these guys are on the up and up, right? Like, so there's fly-by-night companies like that all the time, right? Then the, the other thing is... Um, uh, the other thing is that you just have to do your research. Like if you want it to be, uh, a pillar of your business, if you want this to be a, a vertical, basically of yours, where your clients consistently that are turned down or self, uh, assess as meeting credit issues. If you want a consistent pipeline of two, three, five of those loans coming back to you per month, just treat it like that. Do a little bit of research, interview a few companies, us being one of them, and you will find very quickly why a lot of high-profile lenders use us and enjoy us and see great results with us, right? So I'm just saying, don't accept that first solicitation that's willing to pay you 50 bucks a file. Go with the company that actually gets the job done and makes you thousands of dollars on files, you know? So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um is there any, you know, for those that are that are wanting to get into this, what all is required? I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty much uh, a referral in the same way a real estate agent would refer to a, to a loan officer, right? But systematically speaking, how much like friction does this add to the process to to kind of integrate you into that? Yeah, so you got options. It's so easy. Um, first of all, we can always set up like a one-touch API if you're tech savvy. We can set it up. It, you you identify them in CRM or LOS, and then boop right over to us. Right? You can if you're old school and you're like, I want to make an introduction. You can send it over in an email, and then we will upload it into your tracking portal in our CRM for you. Or we have a portal that's a customized, personalized portal for you that you can go in and securely upload a file. So. It is whatever keeps you from breaking stride because I do not want you to pull up another system if you don't want have to. I don't want you to break stride in your day. So if it's an email, great. If it's through the portal, great. Or if it's a one click, you just have to work with us a little bit and we'll get that API connection or that zap set up for you. Well, one of the, one of the things I think is cool about you guys, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I obviously, I, I like the way you guys do business and I'm, so I'm not trying to make this like a solicitation, but I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's like if you love Coke and you want to talk about soda, it's like, well, okay. Uh, but but I, one of the things I love with you guys is it seems that um, 
you just have such a good system in place because, uh, uh, you know, and, and I learned a lot of this when you invited us out to your, your get together when you were in Arizona, uh, a few months back. But, um, one of the things I really think is incredibly valuable about your offer to loan officers, and I'm shocked it's not normal. Um, and I guess for you, hopefully it, does, it stays that way, but, um, I, I'm shocked at how much energy you guys put into getting that person to go back to the loan officer once they're, you know, at that threshold they need to be at. Yeah. I mean, it's, for us, it's like we run a really fast sprint and right before the finish line, we have to stop and not win unless we can do that, right? Like that is the win is getting that client back to the original referral partner that sent them to us. Like it's a secondary win. Of course, we feel good when somebody goes, look, I did qualify for a home loan. It was awesome, but it was with blah, right? Like it's like, Mm, you did go from a renter to a homeowner, but that is not what we were going for. Cause we, the other thing is like, we work with people that we like, we work with good people, including the loan officers. So we know that we were sending them back to a professional that was going to treat them. Right. We know that that trigger lead that called them was not the best option for them. Right. And so that, it, I mean, it, it, it hurts when that happens and it's rare, but we have those fail safes in place where, you know, we've trained our coaches. When you hear somebody say this, when you hear them say that they, you know, checked a rate or that, you know, they were chatting with this person, just little things in the conversation that it's like, oops, that's a cop. That's a call back to the loan officer to let them know today would be a great day for a courtesy call to check in. Right. But then beyond that, when they start to get usually about 45 days from repulling credit, we really ramp up the expectations to the client and that name brand recognition with the loan officers, where we start talking about the loan officer's name, their their company more, their process, and we just interweave those back at the end so that client just feels like a nice, smooth, a little detour off, a little detour right back on. That reminds me of uh, uh, when McBilly and I were at a mastermind, uh, R- Russell Brunson's mastermind in Mexico, his, uh, what he calls the mastermind in paradise. Um, we were listening to a speaker named Pedro Adeo and he was talking about partnership and he was talking, what he referenced was um, kind of the varying degrees of partnership he's experienced in life because just because somebody's a partner doesn't mean they're a partner, right? It's like equity doesn't mean anything. And so he talks about these varying levels and, you know, in the marketing world, essentially the first level is like they're an affiliate, right? That's like the starting point. And then from there, you might do a JV deal, a joint venture. And then from there, you might do profit sharing. And then from there, you might do equity partnership. And and he talks about uh, uh, really the main differentiator about that relationship is you could is, is what he defined as the spirit of partnership. And he's like, you could have an affiliate with the spirit of partnership and you could have a partner that is this is a cash grab for them. They're not in it to win it, right? They're not in it to support you. And he's like, the the level of partnership does not speak to the quality of it. It's that spirit of partnership. And and just hearing you talk about kind of how you treat that as far as getting that business back to the loan officer, it, it, it really resembles um, what Pedro was talking about at that mastermind of that spirit of partnership. It's like, you almost don't win if they don't win. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah it's like, I, I use a very simple phrase that my dad just drilled into my brain and I use it with our people a lot and it's just act like it, right? 
So many people like to say things that, look, this is what I'm all about, or this means more to me than anything. And it's just like, cool, just, just act like it. And so I'll constantly look at our process and just be like, are we acting like it? Like, if really the most important thing was getting this loan back to our loan partners, are we acting like it? Does our, does our process, do our updates, does our sense of urgency, you know, like all of that, we have to act like it or else you're just, you know, it's all just marketing and well essentially you're speaking to the integrity between your behaviors and your and your words you know I, and i think that that's yeah it's a great business a place to operate from you know um you know so okay well i think that that i mean obviously your value proposition is a no-brainer right and so i do think that that people should reach out to you to at least learn more but um i actually wanted to ask you this kind of zooms out a little bit but it's something I feel on the marketing side, we're kind of seeing it more and more um, is it feels to me from what I can observe that the middle class is shrinking and that with inflation going up, rates going up, incomes not going up with the inflation, right? Um, it seems to me that it's going to become progressively harder to qualify in the upcoming years to, for homeownership. You know, and so one of the things that I, I, I advise our members about is you kind of have a moral obligation to do whatever you have to do. I don't care if it's convincing them to move 100 miles. I don't care if it's helping them with their credit. You have to you should have a moral obligation to do it now, because if they wait and they go, we'll just keep renting and we'll do it later. In 12 months, house homes went up in value. Income barely went up. Inflation went up noticeably. And they're worse off. They're further away from ownership. So I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on that from the credit side. Uh, well, from the credit side, I'm seeing record numbers of credit card debt, record amounts of credit card debt nationally. And it's confirmed by, um, you know, any major news outlet um, or uh, the, uh, the government even will confirm that uh, U.S. credit card debt is sky high right now. And that is a huge precursor because there are people that are not going to be able to get that turned around. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I don't want to preach gloom and doom by any means. I'm just saying from the credit side of things, when credit card balances increase, that's 30% of your credit score right there. So that starts to go once that starts to go and you can't keep control of that then that leads into the 35%, which is your pay history, because you're going to start getting some late days, charge-offs, collection, profit and loss, right? And so something's going to have to happen for people to turn that around. Our economy needs to turn around quickly. Because I, I watched the news the other day, and I was like, the economy is doing great. It's like, it, it, it's not. It's a it, credit card. Yeah. It's because it's delayed, because people are putting things on their credit cards. So it still looks as if things are maybe okay, I guess. But nobody that I'm talking to is like, things are great. I'm loving life right now, and there's extra money. You know, it's all... So I agree. It's 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 time to put the pedal down. And the, and the message that I don't think consumers understand I know they don't understand. Even people that are getting qualified for home loans, they're like, oh, I love it that I'm going to be a homeowner. And I'm like, do you like it because of the equity that you're going to gain? And they're like, what's like, what do you mean by that? And it's like the equity, like the equity is what you're trying to get to that turns a normal Joe Schmo American citizen into somebody who can create generational wealth through equity and once i can explain to them that they're living in a piggy bank that they can literally 
do things to to help increase the value, but also just sitting in it will increase the value and then get them to realize that basically if you look at it from a different perspective, you get paid to be a homeowner. All of a sudden they're like, so, so I should never not be a homeowner. It's like, right, right, right. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's interesting how there, there are some, that, that, that is oddly enough, a controversial view, um, in 2023, because, uh, like I know Grant Cardone's out there talking kind of anti-homeownership. Now, granted, he owns most of the homes that he wants you to rent, but, but you know, yeah. there's a lot of people actually like that. Uh, 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 Ramit Sethi, yeah, he's another, uh, uh, you know, kind of marketer slash finance guy, and, and he even has a similar message. And so I, I can understand why consumers are conflicted. Yeah, me too. And, and I mean, there are some good arguments to be made for renting, but I like. Our country, a lot, I think, can be separated into, into like, big cities, right? And then everybody not in a big city. And the advice that it might be good for someone living in New York, it just doesn't apply to other states, I don't think. Um, and you're just never going to be able to convince me that owning a home, I mean, the psychological benefits that I know are there for kids, um, th there's just so many ancillary benefits on top of building equity. And even if you look at like owing, right? Like people, they, 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 the values tanked and so many bad things happen. Well, if, if, if they would have, I'm just saying would have been able to ride that out home equity, home value still went up. They just, if, if you zoom out on home values for like the last, how it hundred years, right? They have like a little boop, like just a little, just a little one. And I know it didn't feel little in 2008. I understand that, but I'm just saying, I, I don't think it's ever been a good time to not. Well, frame of reference is important. I, I talk about that a lot. Cause like, you know, there's, we have this in the marketing world. Somebody goes, well, I haven't gotten any leads in the last 24 hours. Okay. Well, what about the last week? Well, I've gotten 15, 20. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that's life, you know? And it's like, what's your frame of reference here? It's easy to make any one small window of time look like a horrible time. But if you like you like you said with home ownership, if you zoom out, look at a year, three years, five years, ten years, fifty years, it's like holy shit! I don't know that there's a yeah. better investment. Yeah, it's I don't think so. I mean, because here's what I'm looking at: it's not just the dollars and cents; it's the functionality, it's the quality of life. I can't live in a Roth IRA. I can't live in a 401k. I can't take vacations in a mass mutual you know, fund. I can't do any of those things, but while I'm building equity, whether it be fast or slow, I can come visit a property that I own. I can do so many different things with it that I can't personally put my hands on another investment vehicle, but I can come here. I can update the kitchen and make it worth another $50,000. So I just look at it differently, but, but I, I, I love, home ownership and and all of the great benefits that it brings for people. Yeah, well, you're, you're also providing a service that I think helps a lot of people experience that for themselves, which is necessary. And I would say, you know, because this is one of the things too, like we, we uh, you know, we get a lot of leads that, uh, that we generate for our members. And um, I, from time to time, uh, there will be a member that goes, you know, I just, I don't have DPA. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with some of these people. And... You know, one of the things I think is just from an expectation standpoint, which I think is expectations are most like success or failure for anything, right? It's like, 
Um, if you want to have a healthy marriage, they say low expectation, high commitment. But really, I think that should be you could look at business. You could look at a work relationship, you know, low expectation, high commitment. And so if you were to look at that expectation for the mortgage industry, you know, the thing that I've, I, I always explain to members is you, you have to remember that for most of the people you're talking to, these are average Americans. And, and, and the best way to kind of think about who the average American is, is go to your local state fair. That's your average American. That, that you're going to get some of the wealthy, some of the poverty, everything in yep. between, you know, fat, skinny, any, you know, ethnicity, they're all going to be there. And, uh, and so it's like, that's who you're serving. And so yep. obviously like anybody else, we all want to work on the affluent. We all want the A paper, easy files. And that's nice. However, it's also a red ocean. Everybody wants that and neglects all these other opportunities. And there's a massive opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's even more too. Like I look at it like, okay, if we're talking 640 plus business, right? You have every loan officer out there fighting you for it. Every loan officer fighting. The leads are more expensive, like maintaining the clients more expensive, all that stuff, right? And that's like what I call that like uh, caveman mentality. I'm hungry. I go out, hunt me right now, right? Like I'm going to go get this loan. And I look at it like, haven't we evolved more to be farmers, cultivators, right? So all it is is like you're walking down a row and whatever, pick your, pick your analogy, right? It's like, it's either fruit or it's seed. It's fruit or it's seed. It's fruit or it's seed. But we're throwing our seeds away. And we're like, I only want fruit. But you're not growing your own fruit. So you have to go out and pick it, right? And it's just like, grow your own fruit. Like these people that are sub 640, uh, DTI not where it needs to be, whatever, they are eventually going to get a home loan with your help or guidance in the near future without yours with a competitor later, but they're going to get it, right? So now that we know that, shouldn't we just spend a tiny bit of time to just plant that seed in our own field instead of throwing it away, right? Like, it's just, it's that simple to me. I, I once heard the coordinator for uh, Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and Dean Graziosi, uh, her name's Barry Baumgartner. And uh, she said the saying in a mastermind I was at, she said, serve hard, sell easy. And, and it, that stood out like I was like, I've never heard it said so simply. But, you know, you talk about that and uh, I think it, it definitely applies here because it's like you're going to have a difficulty in the market either way. Either the difficulty is you have all these preferences about who you work with. So now you have to work harder to find the smaller audience that's also being highly competed again. Like you, you have a lot of competitors. Or you're going to have to work harder qualifying somebody, but it, you're also going to have a lot less competition, a lot less resistance. And it's just, you just got to choose the hard, right? It's like, and you have to understand that one is kind of mutually exclusive to the other. If I want the 640 plus credit score A paper loans, I have to accept the fact I've entered the most competitive arena of mortgage. Whereas if I go, okay, well, what if it's 580 plus? Okay, what if I'm willing to do FHA? Well, now... There's a lot of faces that start dropping off. Who's willing to compete with you there? Well, shit, this just got a lot easier in a whole different way. Well, and, and people forget too, again, in the farmer mentality, you plant that seed. It doesn't grow one apple. It grows a tree, right? And so, so that, that's what I'm saying is you help somebody. You take time or, or and when I say take time, 
I mean it two ways. You either take time in a conversation with them or you take time to set up systems one time that will serve you for the rest of your career. So you know my preference there. Um, but you take time for somebody, they remember that. They are yours for life as long as your follow-up is good. And they will also be evangelical for you. They will also tell their friends and their family, oh my gosh, when I was in a dark time, this person got my deal done. I know that they can get yours done because they got my deal done when I started at a lower credit score. And then on my second deal, I already had a 780 from working with them before. And then, so I did that deal. So I know that he can get both of those done, right? Like it keeps, it keeps multiplying by doing good business with people when they need you and no one else is paying attention to them. They don't forget. Do you guys ever have situations where, you know, let's say I refer you uh, uh, somebody that needs credit restoration to buy a home. Do you guys ever see repeat business uh, as far as like refinances and stuff like that? Um, so in, in terms of a client being done with us and then coming back in, um, it, it's rare just because usually when they're done with us, they're done with us. And then we, cause we teach them along the way how to not ever be a customer again. Right. Um, but that is sometimes where what we'll do, and, and we have loan officers that set this up as their process with our help because it's good work or it's good practice is we'll help get them qualified right now, right? Like, let's say that everybody's worried about rates going up higher. So like, let's hurry up and get us to a 640. Close the loan, put it on pause, let them just relax in their home for six months. And then we come back and we fix them up. And then you do a mortgage checkup at the nine month mark now you pass six months to avoid any EPO. Plus the client knows the expectation that like, I'm not going to talk to anybody else in the meantime. I'm on a schedule with this lady or with this guy. And uh, so we call it like our post-close process, but I would highly recommend it. I mean, giving a client direction from closing to closing with you is the best business you can I think it's great. I'm, I'm actually taking a note on that. Uh, sorry, I, I don't normally do this on podcasts yeah. often, but um, uh, you just kind of gave me an idea there. Um, what is uh, what is a piece of advice you would you would say? I mean, I know we've already talked about some, but like just for for uh, loan officers there uh, that are listening to this. Maybe a piece of advice you would just have for them uh, on how to navigate. Uh, you know, the next few years, because interest rates, I think, will go up. Yeah, I, I think they need to spend time catching up on tech stack right now because it's going to take it out of you if you don't have so many of these little tedious things set up to just happen, not only when they should, but at the quality they should. I mean, imagine another year into this having to make 15 calls to just uh, do some tedious follow-up. We know that there's a deal in there, right? But like, how's your voice going to sound on the 15th call where if you get into a process where you shoot like a nice friendly video and you have that um, delivered in a timely manner, uh, that that could be the difference. And, and I know that sounds like I'm reaching, but it's that times 100 other things, right? That you can spend this time like, I, I I do too many analogies, I know. But like for, for millennia, there's been dry seasons and rainy seasons. And I just don't think that we would ever look back and see a successful civilization that during the dry season just sat around going like, Lent, I wear a rake. Like they're getting their nets ready and they're, get, they're getting ready 
to not only be ready when the rainy season comes, but to catch up for the time they've lost, right? But if if our tech and our process is the same as it was two years ago when it was busy, what's going to happen? Like, everybody's like, I just wish it would get busy. But my question is, what would happen if it got busy right now? Like, what would your life actually look like if you got busy? Because are you set up to scale in the way that you would need to to catch up the way that you're saying that you would need to catch up? Like, your business probably can't even handle what you're praying for. That's true. I I uh, I totally agree with you, man. I I uh, I, I often will will tell our members that um, you know essentially if you add more, if you have a leaky hose and you add more water, really what you do is you just really you're just putting pressure behind those those holes on the side of the hose, um, and that can just further the damage to the hose in, in addition to waste resources, right? So there was kind of a trick that I learned. Um, in marketing and it's it's an interesting uh it's an interesting way to to see where you're at is the addition of more traffic leads business whatever will magnify whatever's already in place if if you notice oh shit i double my traffic and i'm i'm two three four five x my revenue well okay you have good systems and processes if you notice you double your traffic and and it feels like you just can't keep up with all the fires that are happening that's indicative that something is broken and it needs to be fixed because more traffic applied should lead to more profit and revenue, not more headaches. And so, yeah. you know, that's just kind of a little litmus test to know, am I actually just, am I like delusionally just wanting more business without doing the groundwork to set up the systems and the structure to be successful? Um, you know, and I think that's an important consideration for somebody to have. A- absolutely. And, and, you know, we just don't know how life works. And I'm not trying to get too like spiritual here, but like, it's just, we just don't know. Like sometimes it's that we have to put the work in first. If you build it, they will come, right? Like sometimes you just have to have the faith to go ahead and build what you know you should have in place. And then all of a sudden, just the way the world works, those things start coming and then it's beautiful. It just works the way that it's supposed to. But when you're trying to play catch up and I've done both, Playing catch up is so painful and it, and it, and it sucks because you know, you're losing business along the way. And when you lose business again, just like when you save business, it amplifies when you lose business, that business that you lost has a network too. And you might not want to look at it like that. You might want to say one deal. It was only one deal. If you're really bad at what you do, otherwise it should have been a deal, a refi, a move up purchase and two referrals to family members, you know, so a deal is not just a deal. Well, and that, I mean, that, I think that that speaks to, we just went over this in our, in our most recent newsletter, the Mortgage Maverick. Uh, We broke down the difference between the practitioner, the business owner, and the entrepreneur, right? The practitioner sees the loan, the business owner sees maybe two, and the entrepreneur is going, okay, how do I get their neighbor? How do I get their kids? How do I get their, you know? And, and so I I think that that's, that's an important, um, that's an important perspective to keep in mind on all of this. And, and, and honestly, that goes back to what we were just talking about like 10 minutes ago, where it's like when you're, when you're helping people that aren't as ready to qualify out of the box, it, you're in what's called a blue ocean, meaning there's the, the waters aren't red with blood. There's no sharks, there's no competitors. Right. And so when they go to refer, you were the only one that actually returned their call. They had like, literally you could have been average. The fact that you were there and helped them and existed you were the one that stood by when everybody else went away 
And so it's like, as much as education helps, as much as being a great salesperson helps, being available and like there is yeah. like most of the battle, right? It really is. Yep. Because you, you got to keep in mind, like, whether you like it or not, we're in 2023. The question after every interaction with a client is, how did that make you feel? That's that's the question. How how do you feel after doing business with or after speaking with me? Right? Like, do you feel like doing business? Did I make you feel good? Did I make you feel like you want to do the next thing? Like the days of like, you know what? I'm good at my job, and I don't have to be. Blah, blah, blah. It's like that's that's 30 years ago. Like that's extinct. Like this is all about user experience. Well, for sure. And 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 the the consumers never had more options too. I mean, literally if. If you do one thing to piss them off, drive them away, make them feel uncomfortable, they are a very, very quick Google search away from all of your competitors. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, you're you're totally right on that. Um, yep. Sam, one thing, one thing I I always like to ask uh, the people I have on the show is, what is a book or a resource that you've gone through in recent months or years that you felt was transformational for your life and you'd recommend to our audience? You know, uh, the. Probably my biggest mentor and the person I've learned the most from professionally is Rene Rodriguez and his book, Amplify Your Influence. I mean, it, it, once I get through it, I'll usually, you know, start again in the, in the near future um, and just go back through because I just get something different every time out of it. Um, so that's that's the one that not only do I go to, but I have all my managers read because then if we're speaking the same language that that he teaches us to speak, business just uh, business just. We're actually in Renee's uh, mastermind too, right? Yeah, yeah, man. I I I take any opportunity I can, and I'm not just saying that. Like I I swear on my daughters, I don't get paid anything. Like I just if if I could show you the 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 you know hundred different areas where he's helped me smooth things out or uh, be a better uh, communicator, better leader, better father. You know, and the crazy thing is it's all, it's not, it's not all those aren't different messages. They're all the same. They're all, they're all the one, you know, the one course that he teaches. And it's like, my God, this applies everywhere. It's just, it is really cool how it works out. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I have yet to hear a bad thing about Renee. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just, just makes people better. That's what he does. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, so then that's Amplify Your Influence. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, spelled two two eyes. Yeah. Okay. A M P L I F I I. I gotta I gotta confirm that he spells it two different ways, but but yeah yeah that I'll get it for you for sure. It's obvious that, um, well, I guess it is optional, but but you know this goes back to that whole equality of opportunity or equality of outcome. That the if if somebody's not willing to tighten up every opportunity in their business that they have. I, I think that the marketplace will dictate that there's not really much room for them in the future. And I see credit as a massive opportunity for whether they're retail, whether they're broker, it really doesn't matter. Um, credit repair and restoration is an obvious, um, it's a hell of a lot harder to help somebody save money magically and get gifts and all of that. But it's like the fact that there's actually a solution to a problem, one of the biggest problems on why people don't get into homes, and it's so neglected. And I don't want to say it's so easy to solve because I think that that's oversimplifying it, but there's there's never been more of a clear path, I should say, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's here's what I always tell people. It's a simple process. It might not always be easy, but it's simple and it's worth it, right? Like you're never going to get to the end of it and be like, my credit score is up 150 points or 100 points and uh, I wish it was lower. I just, I wish it was lower. Like never, ever, right? Like life just gets better with a better credit score. For sure. Well, and this, and this for the, for the audience listening, this goes back to, you know, I, I, I've had, uh, I've been in the insurance world before we dove into mortgage. So this is years back, but when I was a broker and, uh, I, you know, I had loan officer partners, I had, uh, 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 real estate partners, I had plumber plumbers that, yeah, I had this referral network because I never wanted my clientele to feel like they had to go somewhere else for information. I wanted to be the connector. I wanted to be the person. And so now when the market that we're in, where it's highly competitive and it's getting even more difficult, it's so important for you to have those connections. If the response that you have to a consumer is, well, go find X and when you're ready, come back to me. I don't care if it's credit repair. I don't care if it's, you know, a roofer. I, I don't care. You should be connected. You should have solutions. Your job is to solve problems related to home ownership. And credit repair is, is for, from an opportunity standpoint, as far as I can tell, the largest opportunity for most originators to actually not only increase their own business, but transform more lives. You know, it's like, if, if we're being honest, the person who already has like a 680, you're not really, I mean, you're facilitating a process, but you're not changing a life, right? Like they could have gone to Rocket and gotten this through an automated online process. Now, will it have the same rate? Will it have, no, I'm not here to debate that it'll be literally the same. But they could. Did you're 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 really dealing in a commodity when you're dealing with a paper, like because you're just facilitating the process, right? They don't need you anymore than they need anybody else, and so those people obviously are also more uh, uh, price shopper because they they have the ability to, and there's a lot of people competing for them, and there's a lot of people willing to take less to get the loan, and so that's obviously the cons of that. But when you're dealing with people that are less competitive. You're just going to have more opportunity because they're not going anywhere. There's nowhere else to go. Most people said, well, come back to me when your credit's better. And they're going to work with the person who works with them, right? So I think this is a massive opportunity. If you guys haven't uh, uh, connected with Sam yet, um, definitely uh, you should connect with him. Sam, how, how can they reach out to you? What's the what's the preferred method? Uh, they email me directly, which is sam at mycreditguy.com. They can also uh, CC Parker team at mycreditguy.com. Um, and they can go to mycreditguy.com um, and sign up for a, a demo or whatever they want. But one way or the other, get a hold of us with just a few pieces of information. We set you up with a secure tracking um, and submission portal. And then we started looking at files and saving you deals right away. You're a rock star. Sam, thanks so much for, for joining us on the Lensetter Show today. This has been really informative. And out of all the episodes we've done, I feel like uh, uh, for a segment of our market that hasn't really thought much about this or hasn't dialed this in, I actually, and I mean this, I, I feel like this is one of the most meaningful episodes that we've released because there's actionable stuff that can be implemented to, to help more people get into homes and make more money. Absolutely. We can we can literally start making an impact on your business tomorrow with no sign-up costs, no contract, just a conversation, and we're good. We love it. Guys, check out MyCreditGuy.com. Um, Sam, once again, thanks for hopping on the Lensetter Show. And guys, thanks for joining us on this episode. We'll see you on the next one.